Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit Is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit Is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store. We are back in the Detroit Is Different podcast studios, and today I have somebody picking up a sister of a sister and not like a sister of a sister, like a real sister, like blood sister, grew up, uh, probably was like taking all the dolls, the hair care products and so much more. <laughs> I just interviewed her sister. But now we have the namaste, the thought process behind bringing uh, everything together with yoga uh, connecting to Oshun energy, connecting to Aisha Shule, connecting to Detroit, but a lot of New York years. How you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Now we're going to definitely open up because I want to actually open up with what you do on social. So what's your social title? Then we're going to get into like all the you titles and everything. Well, first of all, hey, everybody. My name is Imari Alaji. For you guys who don't know me, I am the creator and founder of Sunflow Wellness. And under the umbrella of Sunflow Wellness, I have the Namaste Sensual Events and I have Moms on the Go. And my social title... Explain to me more about what you IG. want me to do. What's my, okay, my IG is Sunflow Wellness. Mm -hmm. And then the main IG is Moms, M-O-M-Z, on the go. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Facebook, it's just Imari Alaji. Okay, so now let's get into so much. Imari, um, went to New York, back in Detroit. Yes. Uh, I got some of uh, the childhood background from your sister that's uh, at Solidarity, Shamika. So you can tag into that interview. And it was a lot of watches, especially at the IG reel and everything. And that was good. I'm and so that's proud cool. Of her, yeah. Whole different vibe yes. of kid sister, yeah. of the youngest, as they say. So, yes. whole different feel, whole different vibe, energy. Yeah. You're back in Detroit after some years. Yes, 10 um, years. 10 years back here. Let's start in that journey. Okay. What is it like coming back to Detroit knowing that you grew up here? Um, I think it's wonderful. I think coming back to Detroit to have something to offer feels really, really good. So for me, when I left, I was in my early 20s. I was barely an adult. I was still, quote unquote, finding myself. So I just felt like New York was the best place for me to do that as an artist and as a new woman. I just, you know, oftentimes I just felt like Detroit, I felt like I kind of, I don't know. Detroit didn't have anything to offer me or I didn't think that Detroit had anything to offer me at the time. Um, but I'm glad I left. I'm glad I, I was able to kind of expand and, and just like learn and just have this journey in New York. But being back feels really, really good because I'm really ready to roll my sleeves up and kind of contribute in my own way to the, the wellness movement here in Detroit, the fitness movement, um, the creating safe spaces for black people. You know, I'm, I'm rolling my sleeves up and getting to work. All right. So uh, as you talk so much about that, we got to get more into the details of it all. Okay. So neighborhoods, communities, um, so much of even New York has changed since like so many visits. Those 10 years that you were there in New York are an interesting 10 years. And I guess any New Yorker, you know, New Yorkers have such egos. It's like every 10 years is good, son. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, so <it's> they like, <laughs> <laughs> But a lot changed. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, the whole concept of even what seems to be happening in Detroit now, where they say a walkable downtown. Right. Um, the story of I-375 that tore down Detroit's Black Bottom right now is going to turn back into like a walking greenway. So that's a tragic story for some. Right. But New York was one of the first cities I went to not too long ago where it's like, yo, you, you really can't drive down some of these streets. Yeah. You, you know, so while you were there, a lot was transitioning. Yes. Um, and and then some of those trends, as we know, you, New York sets trends kind of that, you know, permeate throughout the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can probably see some of those things happening possibly here. Right. Already. Right. Uh, what was it like witnessing some of that walkable downtown that concept of like really a a, a a flip of the suburbs coming back to the city and the city kind of moving out to the suburbs mm, since I've been back it's I, I'm not gonna lie it's been kind of shocking like okay wow I mean it's nice but I mean I've been a black girl in the city of Detroit my entire life and I've always been able to walk downtown I've always been comfortable um, going in different spaces and areas that people may deem bad or troubled or whatever you want to call it that's just Mm -hmm. that was just my life and my reality so I don't look at it as oh now it's a walkable downtown it's just like okay hey downtown I mean it's different because it's a lot more businesses and all that kind of stuff but um I mean I'm not really I'm not really surprised or shocked at how Detroit is transitioning honestly okay yeah all right when you were there in New York especially like I think of Harlem Cause that's what when I think of New York, it's like I hear New York and I think Harlem. Yeah, you know, and like I always tell people, it's like Harlem to me. When I first got there, it may have been like our first visit to not to not New York, where I really remember it was ninety four. Okay. Harlem felt like a big Highland Park to me. Okay, you know, what interesting. Uh huh. So, but Harlem don't feel like a big Highland Park no more. No, it doesn't. Not at all. Um, when I first got to New York, I think in like two thousand. 11, 12, um, it was, I did go to Harlem first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, a lot of, like I was in Harlem for maybe like three years and the remaining of the years was in Brooklyn. But um, Harlem is, it felt just like a big hug to me. It was just the culture, the food, just the beautiful brown people walking around. It just, it felt like home. You can go to an African dance class. You can walk to one right up the street. You can, I mean, Harlem literally is its own little world. Like, you literally don't have to go outside of Harlem. I mean, that's kind of how Brooklyn is, too. You don't have to leave. You don't have to leave if you want to, if you want to explore like me. I love adventure. I love exploring. But Harlem just felt very much like home, even though I was away, even though I was, like, in my early, I just turned, like, 21, 22. It still felt very comfortable for me to navigate. Now, it. It feels a little uncomfortable, even like even after COVID. It's just like, I don't know. It just has a weird vibe now. Mm-hmm. Honestly, no offense, Harlem people. I love you guys. <laughs> but I mean, that's everywhere you go in New York now. New York used to feel just warm. And it just when you walk through those New York streets, your heart used to beat differently. You used to thrive in a different way. You just felt even if you weren't like a celebrity on Broadway, you felt like you were just because you were there. You were experiencing it. You were seeing the people. You were experiencing the energy. And it just felt magical. I feel like New York has lost just a little bit of like that magical feeling, which yeah. is fine. Transitions yeah. happen, you know. Yeah, it's 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 different. Like, it's different. It like um, like I remember my sister and uh, and then Devin that you know my cousin mm-hmm. like. 
they stayed in an apartment and and under the apartment was like all the African hair. I know they stayed on Malcolm X. Blocks and blocks and blocks like of African hair braiders yes. and then it'd be like a uh then it'd be like a Jamaican like what you want boy like I visited them <laughs> let me get some uh jerk chicken from, yes from this and then place across that, it's a pizza spot yeah, and then down like, the street is the yes yeah, it's all like, of the things uh, I don't know how much coding this this restaurant has but the <laughs> right is amazing if it's not if it's if it's if, if the letter a is not in the window then don't go in there <laughs> just don't <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know what I'm saying? And and just the street vending was like you're falling over people selling God knows what. Everything. Right. You All know what of I'm the saying? things. And and now, like my last visit, it just I didn't even see the street vending like that. I didn't see the no. The 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 pulse of that, like, okay, is this real? Is it fake? Who knows? And that's uh, what makes New York New York. That's what makes Harlem Harlem. The street vendors, the people, the community, and now mm-hmm. it's all being pushed out by um, people wanting to to transition. Mm-hmm. As like I said, it's like the suburbs is moving back, like. The families from Queens and stuff and, like and that when are they move, moving back into the city. Yes. And the because people from after the 9/11, city are moving they, further mm-hmm. to, like, really, like, you know, the New Yorkers, like, the last Because they're buying trip. them out. They're, I mean, a lot yeah. of grandparents, a lot of parents. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, older black people who owned real estate in, in New York um, at one time. And now they're being bought out by different mm-hmm. communities and, and, and cultures and different things like that. It's a sad thing to see. Um and so mm-hmm. for me, like that's what I'm what I'm seeing, what I'm experiencing. They'll come there expecting this New York experience, but you're not getting the New York experience because the people, the culture is what makes the experience. But you're pushing everybody out and you're making everything more expensive. Nobody's gonna we can't thrive here. Yeah, like in in, in different spots. Actually, mm-hmm. a lot of the people I know from New York are in Connecticut. Yeah. Or like like not still kind of North Jersey, Jersey but yep. further, mm-hmm. not just necessarily New York either, like further in mm-hmm. where like, yeah, Connecticut, Jersey, like just kind of getting throughout that whole yeah. corridor of like I say, it's like they're almost like swapping like where where the the cool suburbs, I guess, where white folks used to live are now getting some more black folks and the black and, and the white folks are moving into the city now. And honestly, and, the the black people in the community, they a lot of them, I'm I'm honestly just by speaking to them and I'm not speaking for everybody, but a lot mm-hmm. of them are just like some of some of the people like the dare I say the gentrification. Mm-hmm. Some of them, they're like, well, no, like I feel like they're taking over our neighborhoods and they're and mm-hmm. they're not even respectful about it. It's just like we're a community. We're going to be outside. Bending. And, 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 and in Brooklyn, we have Dance Africa and we have the drums on the streets and we have the movement and, and just the energy. Right. You know, and we all speak to each other and we all. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, how you doing? Like. Honestly, I've seen like a lot of white people. They'll just like walk past with their, but like you in our neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. how are you? A, like, how you want to live in the heart of Brooklyn? You want to be able to say, "Oh, I live in Bedford Stuyvesant or Best Stuy," mm-hmm. as I've lived for the last what five years. But you don't want to be of Best Stuy. You want to just be able to say, "Oh, I live there," because you know it's an up and coming neighborhood, and because it's becoming gentrified. But you don't want to be of the culture of the people. Interact with the people, and maybe we will be more welcoming and 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 happy to see you there. You know. Mm-hmm. Now let's just juxtapose that to what's happening in Detroit. Now. Okay. As we talk about like that walkable downtown, means mm-hmm. like you can't drive on certain streets. Right. You know, um, the spirit of Detroit Park, which is still like so interesting, the way that that came about, 
but like just that connection of being able to drive all the way down Woodward to Jefferson and then make a left mm-hmm. that you will never be able to do that again. No. And I think that that's going to keep extending further out. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, in this whole walkable downtown where like, you know, Woodward will probably stop almost like at the Fox Theater all the way up mm-hmm. to Jefferson. Yeah. You know, and it's so many blocks like that in New York now. Yes. Like just streets where you can't drive down. No. Um, it's only really walkable. It's like that. And then it becomes uh, a kind of thing that to me, in my in my estimation, especially in a city like Detroit with Mm -hmm. all of the uh, surveillance, uh, a lot of that surveillance from like Rock Financial, Bedrock and uh, the the holdings of uh, Dan Gilbert. um, Like it becomes one of those things like, what are you doing down here? Mm Because if you're not walking to your job, or you don't look like you work in one of these mm-hmm. jobs or you don't look like you delivering food to one of these jobs. Right. You're kind of out of place. With cars being able to move, it's like, okay, I may be driving through. I can park. I can, you right. know, maybe I go in or something. But right. now you almost be, create a blockade yeah. with the quote-unquote walkable downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also creates a heightened security and policing structure. Right. Has, has New York felt like that? Not to me. Okay. I will say that I know it It has, uh, I'm not going to even say the potential. I know that it, not even really though, because New York is New York. You'll, you're mm. going to see desolate people. You're going to see people on a train. Mm. You're going to see dancers in the middle of the block dancing. Like you cannot take that away from New York. You can't. You can't take that from mm. the, you can't take that away from the people. Um, so to me, I don't, New York has never felt like that to me personally. It, it's, it's, I've never been in a neighborhood where I didn't feel like I didn't belong. Even in the neighborhoods that I didn't feel. Tribeca, I used to work in Tribeca, which is one of the mm-hmm. like richest or wealthiest neighborhoods in New York. I worked there for three years straight, and I never felt out of place. Nobody ever looked at me like I didn't like out. I, I mean, and if they did, I was probably in my own world. Like in your own zone. I'm a black. I'm black girl magic down the street. Like and, I never. And that's one of the unique things, even as we look at what's happening in Michigan with this, yeah. with this uh, gubernatorial election coming up. Because right now, New York has uh, a black mayor again, uh, Eric Adams, that is different than de Blasio. Right. But he's strong on crime because he comes from a law enforcement background. Right. So it's one of those interesting things of like you have this you have. A black man in leadership position. Right. Under the guise of being tough on crime. Right. And we all know that crime is associated with our black with black skin. Exactly. And that's, I guess, one of the next questions that I have for you, because it's like crime is one of those things that they point. And I didn't think like that's how Detroit is different interviews go like we they kind of go. Where they go. Yeah. And I didn't think we'd lean so far into New York, but I I want to put the parallels because sure. some of this may be happening Detroit soon. Yeah. Uh, as the the quote unquote black mayor that gets the economic supports in his coffers, you know, having a a, a, a law enforcement or police background mm-hmm. is usually why. But law enforcement and police, as we know, usually does not align itself with at least the younger black community. Did you feel uh, that crime was so much of a threat in New York? When you were there, what was the whole thoughts about it? Like, what was safety like Mm, in New York? It didn't affect me directly, again, just because New York is such, like, this big melting pot of so many people. Mm -hmm. 
that you kind of understood as a young woman. I understood what was going on as far as crime, but I didn't really experience it. Like now they have like these apps where you can download the app and kind of literally know in which neighborhood, whether you're in Bedford Stuyvesant or whether you're in Flatbush or whatever, Leffers right Garden, like I mean, um, there was at Leffers Garden now, but mm-hmm. wherever you are, like you can kind of you'll get alerts on your phone. This is happening around the corner from you. Like you get these like high crime alerts. Um, just as I was there, I didn't I, I don't think that I was affected by it. Again, I was in my own world. I was just like bright eyed and bushy tail, just happy to be there. Um, but they did have the stop and frisk uh, mm-hmm. going on and all that kind of stuff. And because I am a black woman and from the Shule and all that kind of stuff, it was just like, yeah, no, this is not cool. This mm-hmm. is not cool. And we already know why this rule was implemented. I don't need to say it. You don't need to say it. We already know why it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was disheartening in that knowing. I mean, but I, but I don't but I never felt unsafe yeah. in new york like i would literally walk like i would not go outside right now at mm. what time is it whatever time it is Nine i would not three. go outside right now and like walk down the street by myself mm. i mean if i had to whatever fine mm. but in new york no matter where you are you can be out at 10 o'clock 11 12 mm. 1 4 in the morning and walk down the street and feel mm. safe it don't mean that you will get robbed but it don't mean that you won't get robbed i just never felt unsafe walking i just mm. felt like this powerful presence of my ancestors and that's just how i am that's how i rock um, when I think about crime and, and, and all that kind of stuff, I, I don't maybe I don't think about it in a space that other other people think about it. I know that I'm protected from my ancestors. I know that as a black woman, I have to do a lot to keep safe and to not look this way. Squash all that. For me, my ancestors walk in front of me and behind me, and I know that I'm protected at all times. And that's just the approach that I take. So uh, that that brings us to more of some of your background here. Sure. Detroit and its background and, and coming back to Detroit. Why mm-hmm. did you choose Detroit? Because, you know, with um, with your experience and definitely that New York brand, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, that can be a gateway internationally. You know yes. what I'm saying? Why did you choose Detroit? Um, Detroit is home. Detroit is where my village is. Detroit. And I always said that, like, for me, I was like, well, after I leave Detroit, I, I mean, after I leave New York, I definitely want to come back to Detroit to build. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't leave Detroit forever. You leave Detroit to gain your experiences, to become a part of who you are going to become. And then you come back and you offer the very village that raised you whatever you have to offer. And so that's why I'm back. My mom is here. My my siblings are here. Um, my son was raised is was being raised in New York, and I wanted him to be able to be raised with, with his Detroit family as well. Um, and so Detroit is my home, uh, and home is where the heart is. And so I'm, I'm just so grateful and humbled to be back and, and in a space of understanding that, we as black people, black and brown people, people of color, we need somebody to advocate for like health and wellness and fitness. We need more of that. Like, you know, I know like the uh, the hair industry, nail industry, like the, the cosmetic industry, like is super booming here in Detroit. There are so many sisters and brothers that slam the, the, the hair industry, barber uh, shops and nail shops and all kind of stuff. Um clothing boutiques and you know restaurants and I'm just like so proud of Detroit and the transitions they're making more black owned businesses so it just feels good to to be able to be a part of those circles um in my own right and in my own um space which is well wellness and health and fitness and African centricity and African spirituality and womanhood right and and um 
creating safe spaces for black people to feel good about themselves. Like, you know, as women, you know, we're taught like, well, you got to be a size this. You got to look a certain way. And it's just like, no. You know, my job is to teach black women and black people how to be comfortable in their own skin and love themselves. Self-love, I know, is such a cliche thing now. It's such a trendy thing now. But I've been we've been doing this since shoelay days. I learned how to pamper and, and wash feet and, and, and massage therapy and all of that kind of stuff. Ritual work, spiritual work, you know, how to talk to the woman, how to talk to the womb, how to do tapping, how to do meditation. You know, all of those things, martial arts. We grew up doing martial arts at my dad would wake us up at what? four or five o'clock in the morning to do deep breathing and meditation. Like I'm grateful for those experiences because now I'm in a space to be able to share them. Yes, I got my certification. Yes, I got, but really those things don't matter. This is my lifestyle. I've been doing this my entire life. So it comes second nature to me. And so it's a passion. They say, stick with something that you will be willing to get paid for or not get paid for. This is absolutely what I want to do here in the city of Detroit. I just want to, you know, bring us back to our traditional greatness. You know, we I see so many young women and it really is very sad, like so many young women, you know, getting like these surgeries and 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 and, and, and again, it's, it's really no shade. And, and, and really, it's not. It's no shade because if you want to do it. But I also want to create that safe space where you if you. You don't have to. I, I, I do have this question. Mm-hmm. Health and wellness, because yes. you, you leaned into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to unpack your work. Okay. But you mentioned it in an industry. Yes. And in especially this is still at, at the root. I still think that we're breaking the vestiges of this being a blue collar city, mm-hmm. an industrial city. Yes. So when we hear industry, we think, oh, what's a real industry? Like even what I do with content creation, it's right. like, it's so funny. I, I got this thing going with the, the gig fair. And uh, I talked to like one of my big homies and he was like, oh man, is there any real jobs that you're talking about in there? And I started laughing. And I was like, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, this is, I was like, this is where we're at right now. Yeah. Content creation, social media management, uh, uh, project managers, yeah. event planners, like it is an industry for that. What's the health and wellness industry? What does that include? How do, how do you please define that for? I believe that the health and wellness industry is so it first started off as just um, people exercising mm-hmm. and working out and people learning how to work out properly. Um you know, back in the day, you like had these like very basic gyms that had like certain equipment in there. I mean, now you go to a gym and it's just like all of the equipment and all of the things. I mean, technically, really, you don't need all those things. I mean, you can still quite literally work out with your own body weight and all that kind of stuff. But I think the the fitness industry, because um, it's a billion dollar industry, um, people are just like making money on different ways to work out, different ways to exercise, different mm-hmm. ways to um, become thinner or reach your body weight goal. Or uh, so, yeah. That's that's ba- that's in a nutshell. That is the fitness industry. I mean, you have other avenues like with supplements, and um, you have like juice bars, and like they're a part of the wellness industry. You have um, different uh, smoothie bars, but for the most part, uh, fitness and wellness industry is just. I think it's playing on people's emotions to kind of, uh, I don't know, put them in a space of like wanting to need to reach a certain goal to look a certain way. For me, it's it's the opposite, inside out. How do you feel on the inside? You feel good? No, why? Okay, so let's change that. It has nothing to do with how you look. You are beautiful. If you are displeased with maybe, okay, you have a little uh, belly fat or whatever, we can work on that. But that doesn't mean you're less thin, and it doesn't mean you're less beautiful. Mm-hmm. If you have a personal goal, that's perfectly fine. But the fitness industry will have you thinking like, oh, you need to be a size two and you need to have six packs and you need to. 
as a, as a as a professional trainer, I that is not my method. I will never tell people that you need to be a size two or you need to be a size six. Now, if you go to the doctor and your doctor say, well, you need to drop this weight because your health is at risk, that's a whole different conversation. But that's not what the fitness industry is promoting. It's They're quite literally promoting physical beauty. And for me, it's soul beauty. How beautiful mm. is your soul? How beautiful is your spirit? And if you're okay with that and you're healthy, I'm just here to like, I'm just here to help you reach your your goals. So, Like I have the knowledge and the education to do that. If you say like, I feel good about myself, but I just want to trim this and trim that. I'm like, okay, girl, these are the things to do. But if you're coming to me, which a lot of clients do, they're coming with all of these like esteem issues and you know, so I, I take it on, right? I'm an empath. Mm-hmm. I take it on to like, well, let's build you from the inside out. So... So, it, like, even in your bio, I see, like, you've been doing this for a minute. Yes. And it's like, it's like you've been connecting in this. And, and you combine even in that yes. health, wellness, and fitness. Because I guess now that as we segmented more fitness in a lot of people's minds and definition deals more with the aesthetics yes. of meeting a standard yes. that has probably been, like, incepted in your mind of this is what beauty is. And now we are here to break that, yes. And that's what's so unique about, like, black women in general. Yes. Because, as we know, like, the standard of beauty, uh, like, to me, is, like, the Suzanne Summer, the Farrah Fawcett. uh, And I know I'm going Mm -hmm. 70s. Yes. Like, I guess today, uh, I don't know, like, the... Kim Kardashians and all the, yeah. But to me, the Kardashians, because some of their look, even though I know it's sculpted and it's been adjusted and enhanced, feeds more into more black-like features in this Armenian Mm -hmm. Armenian, Mm -hmm. uh, skin tone. When they they came on the scene, they quite literally changed white people's minds about what the standard of beauty is. Exactly. I mean, because you had several other black women with... Their natural asses mm-hmm. and their natural brown skin and their mm-hmm. natural perfectly Lips. chiseled nose and full lips. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, but nah. Exactly. As soon as the Kardashians came in, again, no shade, no mm-hmm. shade, all love. As soon as they came on the scene, they were like, oh, we like these black features and this is this is how we're going to portray our image and our look. And uh, so then the white people were like, okay. <laughs> and, and we accept it. And, and some of this is 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 like um uh shout out uh the late great Dr. Mm-hmm. Francis Cross Wilson. Oh, some I of love this her. definitely feeds into um how we look at what attracts us to, you know, uh procreating. Like mm-hmm. like I mean as as what what we as black men adorn and what mm-hmm. we look to. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, a full, you know what I'm saying? We we want curves, you know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. want a thick woman. Like, that's that's what black men do and what mm-hmm. um, uh, attributes, I think, more so to, like, non-black men may be something that they're looking for a woman without those same curves mm-hmm. and, and without that same look. Yeah. And possibly. But obviously, like, things have shifted now. Yeah. So when we think of what fitness is, a lot of this are incepted ideas that yes. I think sometimes through... You know, conditioning of television, magazines, um, you know, what people say about something. So it's so unique. And being that you were in that industry, how like when when a person would come to you and say, I want to look like this, mm-hmm. you know, as I got a homeboy that does a lot of fitness stuff, too. OK. And he'd say, like, OK, what's your body type? Like, find somebody with your body type mm-hmm. and then we can get, reach that goal. But if you're 
five foot three, it don't matter what you want, man, you're not going to look like LeBron James. Right. It's just, right, right, right. you know, right now it's just impossible. But so when, when clients would come to you mm-hmm. from the fitness realm of wanting to look a particular way, what do you think incepted in their mind the idea of the way they should look? Even if they're thinking that the way they should look as I'm 40, I had a couple kids, I want to look how I looked when I was 17. Like well, what, what incepts that idea? Well, I feel like the fitness industry quite literally makes their millions and billions of dollars off insecure people. We live in a society, in this westernized society, that kind of um, celebrates a certain body type. Mm-hmm. And if you do not have that certain body type and if you are outside that mold, then you are not celebrated. You are not good enough. You are not, you understand what I'm saying? So they quite literally make money off of people wanting to look like other people. The media, mm-hmm. the entertainers, the celebrities, the you know, all of that stuff. So for me... Going back to your question, when somebody says, I want to look like this, my motto is become your own body goals. I, as a person, because I'm, I'm a person, I've been a size because I'm what is, y'all don't need to know my uh, my my height, but I am. A, oh, I'm five, three. I'm, I'm on the shorter side. So if I do gain the weight, it's going to show. I'm not mm-hmm. thin. It doesn't like stretch out. It's going to show immediately. So I have been a size. To some people, that's that's not big, but I have been a size 10. And on my frame, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I have been overweight. I have been in places where I, because I, I got injured and I just, I couldn't exercise. I couldn't do anything. Like yoga actually saved my life. We'll get into that. But I've been, you know, quite, quote unquote, overweight and thick. And I've been, you know, and, and my boot, you know, are you a stripper? And your, your thighs and your hips and everything is just so, you got surgery. It, I've been there where I felt like super insecure because I was on the thicker side. And I've been super skin, a size zero, where it's like, girl, you need to eat, girl. So I had to come to terms with, I will never be able to please or satisfy what others want me to be or look like. I just mm-hmm. have to be completely and utterly who I authentically am and so I just had to make peace with doing that healing work from the inside out the esteem issues and all that kind of stuff I just had to make peace with who I am and so that is my message to my clients be your own body goals don't try to aspire to look like her now if you want to build your glutes here are the exercise to build your glutes if you want a flatter tummy here are the exercises and the meal plans and the this and the that to to attain those goals but I, I will never be okay with a client. And I, and I always gently redirect them. It was, it's never like, girl, nah, like never that. It's, oh, you are beautiful. First of all, mm-hmm. let me tell you, you're beautiful. You don't have to look like this. Mm-hmm. We can create and sculpt your body in a way that, it, that makes you feel comfortable. And that's, I think, why my clients love me and adore me because I'm, ju- I'm just real. I'm not going to play on your emotions, Okay. I'm not going pl- I'm not going to get more money out of you by 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 saying you, you know, and people might think people in the fitness industry like, "Oh girl, you selling yourself short because mm-hmm. you can get more money like that." Yeah. That's not my ministry and that's what not what I'm here for. I'm here to educate and I'm here to liberate. Okay. Yeah. So so when we when you define it and crystallize it in that manner, mm-hmm. it's a couple different things that I think going on in the call to action. Okay. We went further into fitness and now I'm thinking more into the health and the wellness. Yeah. So right now, I mean, shit, everyone internationally 
has had an awakening moment of how we feel about health due to COVID-19. Yes. Um, one of the things in the wellness industry here in health was uh, more herbs, vitamins, which right now I'm so like I'm at a like a loss right now as they're not open right now. It's like, oh, man, it's like I built up a rhythm and a rapport with the brothers over there doing it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and. Right now, just due to what they're facing, they're not open uh, providing their uh, their supplements like they used to. Okay. But it leaned me so much into more supplements and really the awakening of like, damn, I need more vitamin D. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need turmeric. I need more yes. ginger. Yes. I need more like... I feel like I'm uh, Dick Gregory. I'm okay. pulling out uh, Layla Africa's book and that me, I had on my shelf. And let me tell you, we we were raised that way. Mm-hmm. So, again, when I say this is my lifestyle, this mm-hmm. is not just a new awakening for me. Quite literally, my mom, she's a holistic therapist. So the 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 industry yeah. or the or the the work or the passion really that I'm in. It's not stemmed from me looking like, hmm, how can I make some money? What can I do to to provide a service? Yeah. My mother is a holistic therapist. She grew up, I watched I watched her doing colonics. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a colon therapist, a holistic therapist, quite literally studying under my mom as a three and four and five year old little girl. Wow. We took herbs. We didn't take medicine. Mm-hmm. We we didn't really we barely went to the doctor. I mean, we did the once a year thing because I mean, you have to whatever, whatever. Up, but yeah. like, we didn't do a whole lot of doctor visits. We we I don't recall any of us being sick often at all. Like my brother had asthma. That's it. That's the the most we dealt with. And then even my mom healed him with from that. Like quite literally healed my brother from asthma. So this is unique because I remember like when COVID first broke. Yeah, I had like and like. I have an interesting network, hence why I have Detroit is different as a platform. Okay. It's because I had this soapbox of these different people. I'm like, you don't know this person? And you know, you know mm-hmm. I had some of the most gangster people with my phone like, hey, man, yo, my, my, uh, you know, my girlfriend's sister got this CMOS on deck. Right, like, right, you know right. What I'm and and I'm we like, was doing this that is not in that the guy. 90s. <laughs> I'm like, this is like straight gangsters. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. Telling me about CMOS of like, you want to get this. The same way they smoke it through. I don't even smoke weed, but you know, some, for for if if you're familiar with certain people in the black industry, as I know, <laughs> as they say, the black collar folks, you know, sometimes <laughs> you gonna smoke it out through everybody. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, we got it on deck. If you want right. it, CMOS on deck. It went from like, yo, <laughs> you know, it went from like we got whatever interesting strand of like marijuana is named after like whatever. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. Mega Man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Crash Bandicoot to like, hey, we got CMOS on deck. Mm-hmm. So I know it shifted during COVID-19 mm-hmm. how we look at what health is yes. and how it works. Yes. So this definitely put right smack dad in the middle of a person in the health industry. Yes. How has COVID-19 transitioned people's perspective of even talking to you? Because I'm guessing if if my... If my gangster friends mm-hmm. are reaching out to me with this, yeah. I can only imagine a person that's been in this space. Yes. What was Where, it like people calling you on on like what can I what should I do? I yeah, I I got a lot more clientele during COVID-19. I am not going to lie. Um so personal training because all of the gyms were closed. They're like mm-hmm. I need a Zoom session. I need, you know, I need all of the things. Funny enough, I was already doing virtual training before all of this you COVID. Were ahead of the game. I, I mean, call it what you want. But you were ahead of the game. You were, I was already you were doing. Ready. 
Yes. For it, like you didn't know why. I didn't. But you were already in. It was yes. like every all the other trainers was trying to figure out. Like they like, hey, you out the frame in the yes. video? And yes. it was like, what, what, what yoga position is that? Yes. Like I can't see. Like hold on, let me adjust my right. let me adjust my iPhone. You already knew what was up. I already had my setup. I uh-huh. was already training clients virtually before COVID. So mm-hmm. just gaining more clients after COVID. Um. So as a as a trainer, I got more clients. As a wellness coach. Um, I have mm-hmm. consultations with people where they'll just call me and we'll be on the phone for 30 minutes and they'll just like give me a donation like, oh, my God, thank you. I do have set prices, but COVID was like a thing. And I'm just like, I'm not about to like gouge. Like, I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. that person. So it's just like, yeah, hit me with a love donation. But just a consultation on like, OK, what steps should I take? What should my daily routine look like? Um, I can't really afford personal training right now, but like what's some of the things that I can do at home? And I like offer like a 30 day video for such and such amount of dollars where you can just like look at the video every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I had meal plans. Um, A lot of people called me for advice on what herbs to take. You know, what should I take for this? And what should I do with this? You know, what steam should I put out? Oh, I, yeah, I, I heard that we should I do was, a steam. That's where I'm thinking The citrus steam. Yeah, 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 like, okay, the grapefruit and the oranges and yeah, the limes. I heard, I heard some of and that. Peppermint. Like people, yeah, people like ginger. Putting the, um, the, putting the, the cover over, over their, their head. head. Oh, but it works. Putting it on the stove. But let me and... tell you, this is how my mom healed my brother's asthma. <laughs> let me tell you. Like, back in the day, like, uh-huh. in the 90s, mm-hmm. in the late 90s, early Early, yeah, early to late 90s. This is how she healed him with steam, essential oils, with citrus. Like, so these are things, again, that was already a part of my life. And when Mm. they and when it started becoming big during COVID, I was like, oh, like, this is something that I always do. Like in my household, I always have a, a big pot of water boiling with some essential oils, some citrus, some cinnamon sticks like I like that is a. A very common thing in my household, like mm-hmm. before COVID, and it's gonna be after COVID. So wow. this, these things are not new practices. So mm-hmm. it was, it, I felt good being able to like help and advise. Like it wasn't like, yeah, y'all, it wasn't like that energy at all. It wasn't like, yeah, I'm ahead of the game. It wasn't that at all. Some some people who were practitioners of holistic uh, practices and all that kind of stuff, you know, felt slighted because it's like, yeah, we've been trying to push this for a long time, and we've been trying to preach this to y'all, and y'all just been. Rejecting us, and now like we y'all let the mucus build up in our bodies. But now it's like, ah, gotta put down this slice of yeah, pizza. Yeah, people felt slighted. Like, gotta hey, put down this slice of pizza been, and get some been, mullen leaf. Where's this to, mullen leaf? We've been trying to do this thing with y'all for years, and not finally because all of this stuff is happening. Now mm-hmm. y'all running back to us. I never took that approach. It is what it is. Now within that same vein, because it's mm-hmm. funny, like my my vitamin hookup, even as like I'm running low on my supply from more herbs, so okay. now I'm like shifting off to other things and other turmeric, and I'm like, okay, I'm blending some stuff yeah. like my homeboy. Uh, so this is something my Mike will, and it's a it's a classic one, like lemon ginger, uh, lemon ginger, a little bit of honey, mix it up, yeah. and I actually added a little pineapple, mm-hmm. and really. Hey, shout out. If you're in Detroit, you can go. I'm speaking right to my camera. You can go to Randazzles and you can buy all of this, honey included, Mm -hmm. for less than $15, right? If you go to Whole Foods and buy this, it may cost you a kidney. I'm just kidding. No, but but honestly, (laughs) honestly. They're going to be like, hey. Call a spade a spade. uh, uh, Here you go. (laughs) You can go to Randazzles. and, And when you get vegetables from Randazzles, let me say this. 
they will go, quote unquote, bad fast. Yes. But that's just an example of that is real fruit. Yes. Meaning like fruit, you're not supposed to get fruit and put it in the refrigerator. It lasts for two And then weeks. it lasts for like, yeah, a, a month. And it's no. like, oh, I'm still eating this Why bag of this oranges. Grape, this grape is still very crunchy and green. That is exactly. not a grape. No, get rid of it. Yeah. What, <laughs> what preservative is in this? All right. But within the same wellness, how much does, we spoke a little bit about, like some of the health you even touched a little on diet with meal plans because yeah. I think that as far as like even in my journey like I've never been slim slim I think my slim I'm at two like what was my way in today 223 usually I like being like when I was at my best I got down to like 185 I just didn't feel I felt wiry I didn't feel I think I like being at like around 210 yeah solid. you know what I'm saying yeah. me personally yeah that's me on my frame but um but I think, uh, but from that journey, because that was when I was, you know, community college, a little early wash, like I really was focused on all of my, all of my journey. So this is like Akari, like when people was like, damn, when Kari was skinny, when Kari was skinny, as people <laughs> this is, I was juicing, skinny. I was juicing like ever. I was on the track at Northwestern, which is the, f- my favorite track in the city of Detroit, running at least three miles, uh, a session, at least twice twice three times a week i was biking at least uh 12 miles at least five times a week because i usually my bike route would go from my house right here near highland park all the way to birmingham sort of and then sort of back it's i got my own little ways of going through it where i'm going through palmer park and can i ask you what made you stop that journey Um, business started picking up yeah i mean like i was what what can i do or say to look plug what can i do or say to get you back in in that space i will i I think um this is funny it's like the reverse the reverse because you know i'm gonna go with it (laughs) i ended up with one of my largest clients to the point of time Mm -hmm. uh when i was working with motor city match under the uh, detroit economic growth corporation and it was just a lot of pressure. Like, mm-hmm. I never saw any money like that or a contract like that. I had subcontractors under me. And I felt like some of my subcontractors, because uh, they were younger, kind of were dropping the ball on stuff. Okay. So I felt a level of pressure just due to the the work. And, and me, and I still sometimes feel like that with certain projects and certain jobs. Like, you know, I have subcontractors now, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, damn, you know, when I do a deal with somebody, you know, they're shaking my hand and for so long I was that person just piecing together um piecing together a little bit of money. Yeah. And then somebody I remember I submitted this contract and and the guy told me, Man, what it's like that ain't enough money. Yeah. You need to like quadruple that amount of money. Mm-hmm. So I was like, damn, you gonna give me quadruple for that? He was like, Man, we'll do you five times more than that. So it floored me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm getting five times as much money You're as getting what I your thought worth. it would be. You're getting your worth. And and the and worth now, as I talked more to my dad, like arbitrary and mm-hmm. stuff. Like it was so weird because my mom was like, that's the type of contract we can go on and get a new car. Mm-hmm. And that that's like the first thing that happened. I took that contract, then we went out to um we went out to the Ford dealership with the contract alone and my crazy ass messed up credit. So if you get a good contract, you know, car dealerships will look at you because they know that the money is coming. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I got my new car. I got this new equipment. Mm-hmm. I got this new client. Mm-hmm. Well, really, technically, I got to deliver on certain small deliverables. Right. My subcontractors, though I'm paying them, ain't getting it. You know what I'm saying? And 
the number one thing that could take away that I could take away from when I looked at everything in my day is, damn, do I really got to wake up and do this hour and a half bike ride over to the track and then run for 20 minutes and then come back? I mean, but you couldn't. So you couldn't you couldn't allow yourself or offer yourself just a little bit of the time. So if you didn't have an hour, could you have offered yourself maybe 30 minutes of that time? And I'm saying all that to say because Uh you said you felt I said the original question Mm -hmm. was what can I do to get you back in that space? Or why did you uh, separate from that space? And you let time and pressure. With pressure comes stress. With stress comes unhealthy eating habits and maybe drinking and all that kind of stuff. All of that. So, again, so you were dishonoring your body. You were like honoring it, honoring it. Yes, the the juicing Mm -hmm. and the biking and all that stuff. But you start dishonoring it because a little bit more money was on the table. All day. So what my job is, if I were your trainer, is to... And and I do go above and beyond because I'm not Mm -hmm. a... I'm not... I'm not your personal assistant where I have to write yeah, your yeah, yeah. write your schedule out, but I will mm-hmm. if I need to write a schedule that that includes fitness mm-hmm. and wellness because then you start feeling bad. You're like, oh, my God, I'm so stressed. I love this money. I love mm-hmm. this contract. I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. I have this opportunity that's so dope and my people are proud of me and I got this new car. But I feel like shit because I feel unhealthy and I'm not getting enough rest and I feel the pressure and I'm and and, and the people are slacking at work. Well, so that me, means I have to pick up at work. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you. Uh let me tell you, like, definitely. I didn't have a presence of mind because the way I built out through my friend that does personal training. Shout out Maceo. Uh 40 agent backwards. It's funny, he's gonna be like 50 agent backwards short, shortly. But 40 agent backwards, I picked up certain moves, mm-hmm. you know, certain things. Uh, you know, I, I thought I knew some stuff, then I go train with him for a second. It's like, damn, I got more stuff to do. I can't yeah. do this as easy. And I built a flow of a workout where like my workouts would be I throw on a podcast, listen mm-hmm. for like an hour and mm-hmm. a half, and and I'm cool. Like so. Now, mm-hmm. as I'm getting more of my balance back, because like, like I say, now I'm back to like 223. Mm-hmm. It's like it fluctuates. So like between like 227 down to like about 220. Like I, I'm I'm in that range. So I'm going to say 223. But I, I scaled out at 223 today because I still do scale every day. Shout out, look, you should scale every day. Every person, even if you feel like you're not. But I topped out. And this is how you know you're drifting. Your clothes stop fitting. You be like, damn, this shirt looking young as hell. You know, when you gotta go buy new jeans, mm-hmm. you you know you hitting whatever you hitting. Mm-hmm. The diet is going off the rails. Mm-hmm. You eating at erratic times. Mm-hmm. It, I wasn't as conditioned, mm-hmm. and then uh, so now I'm slowly figuring out flows of getting workouts that are sh- are not as lengthy in time because that's the thing I, yeah. I was so regimented yeah, that people- like transitioning and then still getting the. As they say, like, damn, I, I'm, I'm sounding like, and it's like people were looking at me and like, what do you know about health? And it's like, I can tell you a little bit from what your I've studied. Your experience. Or your experience. The, like, like, as they say, like the stressor point. Because mm-hmm. you can also do the same workout over and over again. It becomes repetitious mm-hmm. and you're not, and you're not stressing and, the muscles the yep. way you need to. Yep. So it's like, so sometimes you have to do. Just like people the, who walk in New York all the time. I'm like, y'all walk all the time. And how are y'all still fat? It's like, because we do it all the time. You You have to almost get to like, you bench press. 15 times just to do those last three where mm-hmm. your shoulders and you still got to make sure your frame is good because yeah. that's the other thing as I've you, gotten older. You're talking to a trainer, I, I know. <laughs> you can hurt yourself with yes. long form. Yes. So like you're trying to do, you're doing the monotonous work to get to those last three mm-hmm. where it's like, mm. and it's like, yeah, it's okay, called, it's called now yourself. I'm pushing myself yeah. past. And now I'm stressing my, now I'm and stretching I, and my And I'm going to go back to something stuff. you just yeah. said. Everybody should weigh themselves every day. I do not. 
I do not personally agree with that as a trainer. I would not tell my clients to weigh themselves every day. <laughs> you have so. periods of time where you can weigh in maybe <laughs> once a week, twice a week, but I do not recommend weighing in every day because that's not always good for your mental and emotional health. Hey. Okay. Uh, but if that if that is your flow, if mm-hmm. that works for you, if that pushes you to grind harder, by all means. And and again, Sunflow Wellness, again, that is my mm-hmm. company, that is my brand, Sunflow. Hey. You know, uh, Sunflow is is, you know, I'm a child of the sun, I'm a Leo, so we are a sun sign. Mm-hmm. Child of ocean, like you know, Sunflow like I feel better. I'm a black woman. Mm-hmm. I have melanin, so I feel better when I'm in the sun. I thrive when I'm in the sun. When the sun is out, I am like, where are we doing? What are we going? Blah, blah, blah. Flow. Like, you just talked about having a flow. Like, Mm -hmm. that's quite literally what I speak to my clients about. It's just like having a balance and having a flow in your everyday life that suits you and that Mm -hmm. um, speaks to uh, just being in a space of just uh, not even, not comfortability because you don't want to get comfortable, but being in a space that you feel like you're reaching your goal. Sometimes we have like these um, unrealistic expectations of ourselves and sometimes we are harder and sometimes we need to be. Sometimes we don't, We need to cut ourselves out. Sometimes I'm at the gym like go harder. Nope, nope, nope. Don't do that. Don't do that. But sometimes mm-hmm. I'm at the gym like, okay, girl, be gentle with yourself. And it's the same with my clients. Like I talk to my clients the same. I, I would never like be disrespectful. Be like, no, nah, you not. No. Gentle but, reassurance, but I, balance, I, I, flow, all of me, those things. For me, it still takes some discipline. Because it's it's so easy to drift. You know what I'm saying? Like tomorrow, I mean, it's yeah. late night tonight. That's um, why you need I'm a on trainer. A track. Shout out to all of the trainers yeah, that's that's and that, that shows up for their clients every day. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes you just need somebody. You we yeah. we're human. You know, you need it takes a village. Mm-hmm. It takes, it takes a, a village. Yeah. It takes a support team. So don't be afraid to reach out and have a support team. You know, mm-hmm. you can't do it all. Like you have a whole business that you're running and mm-hmm. you're doing it. So come to if you like, Imari, I need you to be in charge of this part of my life or whoever my Mike, mm-hmm. whoever it is. Let them be in charge of that part of your life. Because guess what we're going to do? We're going to call you at eight o'clock. Oh, did you do this? Did you do that? Send you an mm-hmm. email. Here's a reminder text. That's our job. And I would say. And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to do this. I forgot to drink my water. I forgot, you know. Oh, yeah. Water is definitely key. Mm-hmm. More. And then just, you know, I'm I'm big on, you know, with less biking, I've more running. I like running and jogging. Mm-hmm. So it's like a mix of running. So it's like a mix of like a faster jog and sprinting. Mm-hmm. When I go to the track, I love the track. I love Northwestern. But it's still, you know what I'm saying? And it, my rule of the track is if it's above 37 degrees, mm-hmm. I'm out there. Okay. And that's even if it's like 106 okay, or something. Okay, listen. I'm there. But that's me. Yeah. But sometimes mentally getting in mind mm-hmm. to to wake up Sunday morning before I do everything else mm-hmm. and get going, because that's the other thing that I had to, like I had to figure out my flow. It's like if I eat something, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? If I eat enough breakfast, I ain't going to the track because that's my flow. But that's what I told my clients. You know I said you don't, you don't have to like what we're doing. You don't have to like these squat thrusts. You don't have to like what we're doing. You just have to do it. Mm-hmm. When you go to the gym, you don't have yeah. to like going to the gym. You just mm-hmm. have to get up and do it because you know you have to. You mm-hmm. know you have to keep your heart healthy. You know you have to keep your kidneys clean. You know you have to move your arms and your legs. And you understand what I'm saying? You don't have to like it at first. Mm-hmm. 
I'm grateful that my clients end up finding a freedom in it, end up find, uh, finding it liberating, end up finding it finding joy in it. That is my goal. I don't want to be one of those trainers that takes the joy out of working out or out of physical fitness. I try to find creative ways. That's why, I mean, as as a I came from being a dancer, my background is a dancer first. That's how I was always so fit. I was I grew up dancing in the community of Detroit. Shout out to the D- Detroit dance community. I miss it. Like, let's get it back. But I grew up um, at the Shule. It was PPT at first, uh, Py- Pyramid Performing Theater, where we did mm-hmm. West African dance. And then it was, you know, I went to DSA. Shout out to DSA. And, th- you know, I was in I was in the dance program there. And then we and, and then from there had so many opportunities to dance in, in New York. And I've danced with so many prestigious, beautiful dance companies. And then I got injured. Mm. And then I and then I was like, oh, I'm giving up. My life is over. I can't mm. do this. I can't do that. And one day my, my mom was like and I because I ended up having to come back from New York. Mm. My mom was like, yeah, get off off the couch. And do something about it, because physical. Th- the, she uh, she said, "Listen." Your mom gave you the divorce speech. She said, "Cause at first it was like, oh, she is injured. Let's let's have this compassion." But then, like, what you doing? You on the couch? You ain't doing nothing with the- your life. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like I was like I was like so down on myself. I'm depressed. I'll never be able to. That's what the doctor told me. You'll never be able to dance again. Like quite literally, mm-hmm. they told me like you'll never be able to dance again. Mm. So, yoga actually healed me and saved my life I, I do have this question sure as a as a as a fitness person mm-hmm. and this is interesting as i unpack this because this is the other thing 39 it's like i gotta be more intentional because yes. i know these next 10 years not only do i feel the growth in my business mm-hmm. but it's also the the reality of mortality like black men in the trajectory of just regular like you said we use that word stress mm-hmm in that and you have to make sure the blood's flowing and all of that stuff and mm-hmm. then I still want to make sure that you know you can you can Did even Gregory work work in the bedroom yeah. as well but okay, uh, but but at the heart of this what's the difference in working with someone that came to you because it's like a doctor brought them there mm-hmm. like what's what is it like when that person is there like because I'm sure that's a different type of client versus the person that's like let's try this versus mm. the person that's like yo I am prescribed to be with you. My approach is not different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still the same energy. It's still the, the the loving space of redirecting their mindset. For me, it's mind, body, spirit. It's not body and then everything else. Mm-hmm. I will love you from the inside out, starting with your mind, how you view yourself, how you view your illness that brought you to me in the first place. Let's talk about it. It doesn't control you. You control it. That's why you're here, right? Okay. So look at, let's look at some foods that you like. Okay, you don't like this. Well, we don't have to do that, but you got to substitute this for that. We just talk it through. It's a mindset thing. It's loving your your person, your client from the inside out. It Everything that I do comes from a space of love. And if I need to, to be a little bit more stern, I'll turn the, st- the, the stern knob up. If I need to have a little bit more love and compassion and just being in this industry and being in this sacred space and this healing ener- energy and, and industry for so long, I know when to do that. I know when to redirect. I know how to approach certain things. So it's no different. A person who wants to alter their body because they're not pleased with it versus the doctor saying like, oh, you got to lose this weight. It's still coming from a space of let's love you from the inside out. We're not going to let this alarm you or control you because the more alarmed you are about this, the more stressed out you're going to be. 
and mm-hmm. the harder it's going to be to shift. And that that kind of brings me to the other part of the mental capacity. Yes, because that's the other thing. It's it's ninety like, percent mental and everything else. And, that's and, that's what working out is. That's what fitness mm-hmm. and wellness is. It's quite literally ninety percent mental. It's a mindset. Going to the gym is a mindset. That's why I say you don't have to like it at first. You just gotta do it, and that's the mindset. If you know that you have a certain goal in mind or if you know that, okay, like you say, I'm 39 and we're getting into the mortality, that's not that shouldn't be a concern of yours because 39 is still very young. You have so much life to live. You have so much, so much beauty to give the world. That shouldn't even be a concern of yours. You know why? Because you have the power within yourself from the inside out to change your reality at any second of the day, meaning you can start drinking more water, lemon ginger water. You can start walking. Okay, I'm not going to drive to work. Today, I'm going to walk or I'm going to do this. You get to change. It's a mindset thing. That's why I say change it from the inside out. That is who I am. That is what I'm trying to teach, period. That's why I say become your own body goals. Don't look. This is not I don't I'm not I don't teach from a physical perspective. What is in here? Mm. The events that I do, the classes that I teach, I teach a, a yoga class every Wednesday at the elevator building from 6 to 7 and every Sunday at the elevator building from 12 to 1 mm-hmm. yoga and I'm only speaking about specifically yoga you could be like you know what I you know biking and I love to run and I love to jog what if I offered you a different space like what if I said hey try out yoga you might mm-hmm. like it it's a mindset thing i'm not here to redirect you or change your mind but i'm here to offer you that opportunity and, my, and one day you might say, you know what, let me go to yoga on Sunday. I'm not really doing anything. Let me just go. Let me bring a couple of my, my, my people and just, and, and just experience something that you've never experienced before. And then you fall in love with this branch or aspect of fitness. And boom, there you go. Right. So for me, like everything that I do is so intentional. Every word that I say to my client, every room that I walk in, I just want people to know I am here to love you from the inside out. I don't see your skin, the fact that you got on a black jacket. I see your spirit first. I see your, I feel your energy first. I don't see what you have on your feet. Or he got these type of shoes or she got this on and she got this on. People are very physical and people are very yeah. um, shallow. I, I just, growing up with a, a Torian, black, African, strong mother, she just taught me like, see people's spirit first because that's where your answer is going to be. Hmm. We don't care about what they look like on the outside. Let's let's tap into their spirit. And that's that's how I navigate the world. So so with that being said, yeah, as you see, especially in our community, mm-hmm. the beauty in the spirit. Mm-hmm. But then like especially like even with diet now. Yeah. Like our diets, though, this music, I mean, the, the food, as they say, it is created with love, the soul food. But some of that shit is heavy yeah. as hell. Because you, you know, can some let me of tell it you is, something. You like, can make soul I mean, food without the heaviness of it. I know you can. But I'm saying, <laughs> but still, when you may go to, to you know, my, my partner's family reunion. Right, they may right, offer right, right. This to you, you know, like the scene in Boys in the Hood. Yes. You know, Miss Gibbs from down the street done brought you something. I tell what my What is clients. your, what's the play on 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 this? Because part of it is it's it's. Is in the culture, yeah, and and also I think maybe the he- the heaviness of how it was prepared, just due to some of the 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 functionality mm-hmm. of the things we did, was oh, different absolutely. in the lifestyle. Like if maybe if I was outside, like tending to greens all day, every okay. day, I may have needed, you know what I'm saying, 
that I mean, that, I needed the itis plate. This, you know this what, is I'm what I'm saying? I say. I will. Oh, I always say this to my clients, and I'm going to say it to you, and I'm going to say it on the podcast. You do not have to deprive yourself from the foods that you like. Okay. There is power in portion control. There mm-hmm. is power in um, being able to know when to stop eating to feel full versus eating to feel satisfied. Wait, most stop of there, us, please sure. break that down a little okay, bit. Okay, so most of us, especially like, you know, black people, and I'm going to just speak, I'm going to just be real. Mm-hmm. We come from a culture that's like, because we Scarcity. weren't privileged. Mm-hmm. Enough to like have like all of these options. Whatever mama cooked is what you better eat and you better eat all of it because we don't have enough money to spend money on this, this and this. Right. So you better eat all of that food. So we came from a space, a very unhealthy space. I mean, and I'm, I'm grateful that the, the, the practices are different now in certain families and households. But we came from a space where it's just like you better eat everything on that plate. Even if you're not hungry, yeah. let's say because certain children, their stomachs are, you know, the size of their fist. And if you're giving them a big grown man size plate, they can't finish it. But they're being forced to because in their mom's or their grandma's or their dad's head, you don't want to be wasteful. I'm going to share this. We are not supposed to force feed our children. Children will not starve. Mm. They will know when they need to eat. The the key to eating is eating to feel satisfied. Like once you 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 eat, I'm like, okay, I, I feel good. But then you keep forcing yourself and you're like, oh, I'm stuffed. Why would you do that? Now you don't want to do shit else. That's what the mm-hmm. idacy is. You're eating till you're quite literally <laughs> stuffed. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. Eat till you feel satisfied. Eat till you feel like you have enough you you got the nutrients you needed from that food that you're gonna eat, and then boom, you're good. Going back to the whole soulful thing, you don't have to deprive yourself of things that you don't that that you that you love. Like, I love going out to eat. I love a good cocktail or a good, you know, whatever Thai food. I'm all types of food. I don't deprive myself as a trainer. But during so during the week, I'm like, okay, Monday through Friday, we gonna get it. We gonna get this meal plan. We gonna eat these these vegetables, this protein, whatever, whatever how whatever I'm doing. And then I'll allow myself a treat or whatever. Portion control. You don't got to eat the whole meal. Have a taste. Okay. Eat until you feel satisfied. You don't have to deny it because when you deny yourself something, you become more stressed out, which mm. makes you gain more weight anyway. Yeah. I I, I think um, it's unique that you talked about that. It's like I've, I've almost been. Uh, that's helped. That's that's hurt dating before. Actually, before it's like. You want something to eat? I'm straight. And then it's like, oh, he think he better than us. So it's like, nah, I just know my journey. <laughs> go on and go on and give me this rice pudding. And I don't even <laughs> like rice pudding. <laughs> no. Like, oh. No. It's like, what ever. you thinking? I told you. You know, if you're not hungry, if you're not hungry, don't eat. But if you if you're not hungry and you know you need to eat because of nutritional purposes and you're like, oh, I'm stressed out and I don't eat, like I'm the type of person when I'm stressed out, mm-hmm. this is not a healthy practice. So I'm not saying this for people to do. When I'm stressed out, mm-hmm. I have the tendency to like not eat or maybe eat one meal a day. What's the uh what is um what was I gonna say? What's what's one of those classic meals? Coleslaw. It'd be like, mm. I don't like coleslaw. And then they'd be like, You ain't never had my mama coleslaw. And it's like And I'm not. Green eggs and ham. And I'm not. On a hill or in a tree. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like it in a house? It's like <laughs> No. No. 
I don't want your coleslaw. Listen. And it's like, you ain't never had. And it's like, I don't care. No. And, it, and it's so funny. My my grandma, Grandma Bill, shout out to her. Because she's always been more leaning. And like, she she always whips up stuff. And it's like, that's just nothing but hot coleslaw. Like a, a cabbage, cabbage, chopped carrots, mm-hmm. uh, green peppers, and... Like uh, some uh, olive oil. This is a mix for you guys to try. And a little bit of curry powder. Um, and what else? Like a little bit of like ginger. Mm-hmm. She, you know, you know what I'm saying? Sautés like pan sear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sautés it. And puts it in a spinach wrap. Rolls a spinach wrap a couple of times over. Gives it to you. Mm-hmm. One of those fat, one of the coldest meals ever. Okay. You know, and it just... That fast. It's healthy, it's nutritious, and it's and it's good. And she it's didn't light. use she didn't use butter, she used yeah. olive oil, y'all. So it's light. You you can And that's what I do. I, that's what it. I use. My son you know is my son is vegetarian. I, I say vegetarian because every now and again I'll let him have pizza. Like he's like, Mom, mm. I just want to be able to like have like but he's superstar. Like, I don't eat meat and I don't eat chocolate. Like, I don't mm. know why he don't eat chocolate. Like that was his own declaration. But no he definitely doesn't eat, eat meat or eggs and all that kind of stuff because Young people, young babies with their little tiny tummies, they can't really digest those types of foods. Like, they mm-hmm. can't really digest meat. So it's like, why would why would you give your child, well, in my brain, it's like, why would you give your child a food that you know that he can't digest? Like, breads and all that kind of stuff. It's hard to, for us to digest. Mm-hmm. So you know it's going to be hard on their little system. So I, I don't, I very rarely give him, like, bread and all that kind of stuff. He absolutely don't doesn't eat, like, eggs. He eats cheese maybe once in a while, just, like, as a treat. But, um... Yeah, he's healthy, shiny coat, all that kind of stuff. People like Ooh. was like, get that baby some meat. I said, absolutely not. Meat has like lots of mucus in it, and I don't not want a snotty nose kid. I don't want a snotty nose kid. So it's like we've nah, been raising these kids on ribs for generations. And they, okay, and be looking at me. No, you but, telling but, me that but lucky he enough, good for ribs. But lucky enough, my our, my mom raised us vegetarian for the first ten years of I our know, lives. I know. I'm just I'm just I'm just telling you some of the. Oh, crazy, I crazy heard it stuff all. that would happen. I have heard it all. My grandma like, used to say it to my mom. Because like I said, my mom raised us vegetarian for the first 10 years of our lives. Like when you 10, when you in your double digits, you get to make a choice between mm. what you like. If you want to eat meat or like chicken, like absolutely. Like I'm allergic to pork, so I don't eat pork. Mm. I don't eat red meat. Every now and then I'll eat some chicken, like some seafood. For the most part, I try to eat vegetarian, just like mm. sincere, just trying to set the example. One time I felt so bad. Like, mom, are you eating chicken? I was like... Yes, uh, he loves animals. That's another reason why he's mm. vegan. Like, he couldn't imagine having to eat an animal. Like, he has, like, this beautiful connection with animals. He just loves them. So he's like, I can't imagine, like, doing that. He's like, Mom, that chicken didn't do anything to you. I was like, I can't eat chicken ever again. <laughs> uh, okay. I feel it. I feel <laughs> it. So that brings us to to the event that's coming up. It's, yes. it's, it's going to be this weekend coming up. Yes. Yama Slay. Sensual yoga movement and mindful meditation. This is the second time that you're doing this. A yes. group of women coming together in a safe space, dressed in our sexiest yoga attire. So I can only imagine what that is. Okay, honey. So men can have an imagination. <laughs> yes. Uh, to tap into feminine energy, mm-hmm. elevate our consciousness, and indulge in spirit-filled movement while celebrating our bodies in spirit of wellness. It's going to be giveaways, refreshments, a masseuse will be on deck as well yoga mats provided you know it's gonna be an experience experiential you can go on eventbrite right now yes namaste and that is n-a-m-a-s-l-a-y so namaste it's like what you think n-a-m-a 
S-L-A-Y. Yes. Explain what's going on with this. So Namaste is my baby. <laughs> Namaste, I've been uh, manifesting and dreaming about for about three years now. Um, so as a yoga, uh, as a fitness instructor, like, you know, I've trained men, I've trained women, I've, I've done the things, right? And so now I'm like, well, who do I really want to be my target, um, the, the target people that I want to pour into the most? Um, and it doesn't take away from any other group of people. But so for me, more specifically, um, when, I'm, when I'm thinking about women and I'm thinking about women of color um, and I'm thinking about the fitness industry and how, you know, there's been such this stigma about black women. We're not we're not fit enough and we don't have good diets and we don't have this and we don't have that. It's just like I am trying to quite literally quite literally change the narrative on how the fitness industry um, and, and really this westernized society views us and how we view it because we don't have the education because we were always the underdog and we were always the outcast we don't really have the the understanding about how fitness can can work for us um, and not against us we're so intimidated by fitness because you know it's it's always presented to us in a way of just like you have to do this to be healthy and it's just like well there's other ways to be healthy and there's other ways to move you got to be on this treadmill you got to do these squats you got to have weights you got to do this and if and if that's your jam by all means, it's, it's no shade to people who like to lift heavy. I, I love going to the gym and lifting heavy. But Namaste provides a different experience. Uh, Namaste is just um, a combination of yoga and just sensual movement. Sensual movement is whatever you make it. You know, sometimes you're, you, you're, in, the mirror, you're in the mirror as a woman. I mean, even as men, like when you're cleaning up on that Saturday morning and you turn on that music, whether it's Soka, whether it's Stevie Wonder, whether it's Anita Baker, you're moving. The first thing you move is what? Your shoulders. And then you get to the rib cage and you move your hips. And then you next thing you know, you listening to uh, Back That Ass Up by Juvenile. And you in the mirror this like, is, hey, you, so that's what I'm a slay uh, is. You're cleaning. Uh, <laughs> Listen, my cleaning is not like mine. Ask any black woman you know. Okay. Okay. Ask any black okay. woman I, you know. Possibly. Twerking. I remember I remember my mom yes. like cleaning out to, you know, the Whitney the Anita. Yes. But I was I thought you were saying as in men. It's like hey, No, 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 no. I better not, so not much catch men. my homies. It's like No, but you <laughs> would be like, but oh. you would, but you would be bopping like if, if something if you cleaning up your house, I've seen men, partners. You are, if some if the music is right and you bopping, it's like, oh, is that that new whatever you like? Mm. I don't know what you like. Is Whatever, that that new yeah, Drake? Yeah, yeah. You you gonna stop and bop for a minute? Like, and yeah. that's what it is. Namaste is a space to have fun and be authentically mm -hmm. ourselves. Like me, I'm a shit talker. I, I'm going to talk that shit. When we in downward facing dog, I'm gonna be like, mm -hmm, I know you was doing that last night in the bedroom. And the girls they laugh mm -hmm. and they feel yeah. safe because sensuality and sexuality has been such a, a taboo in the black woman community. Yeah. You know, we are objectified and we are mm -hmm. sexualized, and and so many people look. After, look to us for the trends. I mean, the yeah. long hair, everything in the fashion, and, and you can argue with me, fight me, what? Everything in the fashion and culture industry comes from the black woman. All, everything. Fashion, like mm -hmm. all, all of that shit. Black people, period. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Hip hop, everything is influenced trends. by black culture. Yeah. So you want our culture, you want to look like us, but when it comes to our experiences, you're like, but nah, though. Yeah, you, you want y'all saying privilege. Y'all want the coolness of blackness right. without the the without the obligation the, without, and the responsibility absolutely. of the 
of the challenges of the black woman of experience, the black experience or the exactly. black man experience. Yes. Absolutely. And so Namaste, mm-hmm. you know, women of color are coming together in a safe space. And when I say a safe space, I mean a space, a judgment free zone. Mm-hmm. When you go to the gym, you're self-conscious. You're like, OK, am I doing this right? Or if I, do I have a way? No. Mm-hmm. You come here and you let your hair down. It's a judgment free zone. Yeah, we gonna, gonna be a guy. We're gonna. It's not gonna be a guy going to the water to, fountain. Right, every two right, seconds. right, right, right. You know what I'm you saying? You get to let. It's a girls' <laughs> night. What you do? With, what, what do you do with your girls? You drink. It's gonna be drinks. Uh, bring your own bottle, honeys. Um, but uh, it will be drinks in case you forget. I always, you know, hook the girls up, you know, yoga mats, ambiance, candle lit, flowers on the floor. You can go to my page, Moms on the Go, see a video of the last experience. It's cool. just a beaut it's just an all around beautiful experience. And I and and, and, and so some of the girls are like, Oh my God, y'all, you spoiled us. Like, cause it wasn't just like some yoga mats thrown on the floor and like some food on the counter. No, like it was the decor, it was the ambiance, it was the it was the meditation, the the playlist even, like all of the sexiest songs, all of the 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 women forward powerful even we had WAP we had Cardi B we had a little bit of mm-hmm. Megan Thee Stallion because when we were in some of those yoga poses I said okay now wind your waist now move open up that sacral chakra balance out that sacral chakra that's where the creative energy is if that if that root chakra and that sacral chakra is imbalanced and it's tight and mm-hmm. it's and it's filled with all this stress of the world and negative negativity you can't be creative you can't think straight you can't be clear on decisions to make so come to Namaste come to yoga Unleash that that heart chakra. You going through shit with your boy? Dance that shit out. Mm. Dance that shit out. Yoga that shit out. Move that shit out. And then we do tapping. We do the uh, the mindful meditation where we're quite literally tapping affirmations into our heart, into our throat chakra. The things that we wish we could have said, maybe to our unleashes some of that childhood trauma. Some of the things that you wish you could have said as a child to your mom or your dad. Tapping that that those affirmations into mm-hmm. your throat, into your third eye chakra, into your crown chakra. Getting back to our traditional greatness, you know, oftentimes, you know, the, the oh, you know, we don't feel beautiful. It's because of the society. It's because the media is telling us that we're not beautiful. It's not because we genuinely think that in our hearts. Yeah. We get to create safe spaces that makes us feel beautiful. Look in the mirror and move your body. A lot of women can't do that, believe yeah. it or not, because they're like, oh, I'm, I'm ashamed. Oh, but look at this role. But look, but look at that beautiful ass body moving. Stop focusing on the little the, the the little imperfections and focus on how beautiful and perfect you already are. And, and I mean, I mean, we'll say this that we're blue in the face, especially black men. Yeah, we like that role. Yeah, we like we like a lot of yeah. what you think are imperfections. And and we, I, I, I mean, if if your man, you know what I'm saying? Because I guess I'm I can't speak as far as like right. just random black man on right, the street right, right. that you could care less about, but. Your man probably likes a lot of that. Like you'd be surprised, like some of the some of the way you lean in. Like yeah. you know, like men like a lot of you know the feminine far, characteristics yeah. and features. But let me say this, yeah. and it's no shade to men, but Namaste is a is a is a time for women to come and tap in and take back mm-hmm. that power. Now we oh know God. what our man like. My my my, you know. I've had men say, oh, you got beautiful this. And I get it and I appreciate it. But if I don't feel that about myself, what you telling me is not, it it don't validate my experience as a woman. If I don't feel it from the inside out. And that's why I always say my approach is healing from the inside out. Because if you don't feel it within yourself, this man, I I could walk up and down the street all day. You got a fat ass. You beautiful. You this and you that. But if I don't feel that, then it's not going to matter. And I'm not going to perform any differently. 
So what, what, what my goal is for Namaste is for us to tap back into that feminine, that sensual energy, because there is a spirituality and there is a power in feminine energy and sensuality. There is, you know, people, you know, women call me all the time, like, well, how do you manifest it? I want waist beads because I, you know, shout out to me. Mm-hmm. I do waist beads and all that kind of stuff, too. Um, I sell uh, healing beads and all that kind of stuff, womb beads. Uh, sacral chakra beads, all type of different beads, beads that you can use for even weight loss and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, rose cord, centrine, all, all tiger's eye, things to work on your anxiety, depression, every type of waist bead you can think of, I make them. Um, waist beads makes us feel powerful, beautiful, and traditionally... In Africa, they were used for a rite of passage. So when you were born, you know, you get your set of waist beads just for protection to keep you grounded to the ancestors. Then you grow up and then you have another rite of passage when you um, start menstruating as a woman. You go into puberty, you get another set of waist beads. And then, you know, you become um, even more into womanhood. You get another set of waist beads. Then you become a wife. You get another set of waist beads. So, you know, it's it's really a rite of passage. It's really a sacred uh, waist beads are it's really it's just really really sacred for women in in, in, in the healing industry. But that's what Namaste is. It's is again. It's not to discount men um, in the experience and the validation of men, but it is to tap into our own femininity and our own power to be able to manifest and create the life that we deserve and that we want. I want this and I want this life and I want to be rich and I want to da da. Manifest it through your womanhood, your womanhood, and you can't do that if it's blocked. I'm with it. You know. So this is this is cool. This is coming up this weekend. Yes, Friday. Uh, this is the second. But yes, more will be coming soon. Yes, um, that is the goal to expand. Um, I want to be able to sure do Namaste all in. over. Eventbrite. Um, it, this was a joy. Uh, I, I definitely like where where I usually have my classic Detroit is different questions. I want to mm-hmm. throw something different at you. Mm-hmm. Um, being that it is okay. So here we go. Here's here's the. The, the the classic that I have for a dancer. I usually ask, what was your first car? What would you play? What would you rename Woodward after? Okay. You're a Detroit dancer. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go straight Detroit hood. Of hustle music, hustle songs, what would be the most Detroit hustle experience? Give me a place, the hustle, meaning okay. like you got to pick the song. And if you could give the experience, like, is it a family reunion? Is it a, is it a, is okay. it a, a, a high school homecoming? Like, <laughs> like, and think. then tell me, what is it? Is it the, the, the cha-cha slide on the, on the, uh, what is that? The Detroit princess? Is okay. It the, something you know? that's coming to me. So yes, I've been to several family reunions and I've hung out with friends and we've all done the hustle and even at prom, all that kind of stuff. But I would say that my most memorable hustle experiences have been, uh, girls night out when I'm with my my girlfriends I think early 20s and you know I was like a late bloomer to the whole hustle like I was I'm a classically trained dancer I do ballet and African dance what is this cha-cha slide you speak (laughs) of exactly so it's like this man is telling me what steps to do so let me tell you and I, I think it was like around 2009 and 10 where me and my girlfriends for some 8, 9, 10 we were 8, 9, 10, 11, maybe 9, 10, 11. We were just going hard. Like, we was, like, going out. We had just, we were 20. We just turned 21. We were, like, into mm. the clubs. So, you know, we weren't 
I mean, and we would go out and we would like do the, you know, but I had this one girlfriend in particular that just knew all the hustles and it was just so intriguing to me. And I was like, I want to learn. And I'm a fast learner because dancers, we can pick up on stuff. So I'll be on the floor. Okay. Okay. And it's the, um, I can't. I, I know the dance. I know the slide. I can't remember. How, how, how does the song go? I, I don't know. It's not coming to me. It's not. Hold on. Let me think. Uh, I know the slide. I, I know the hustle. I'm doing it in my head, but I can't remember the song. Oh, it's not coming to me. Anyway. Okay. So for people that aren't from Detroit, okay, it's a couple cities that are like this: Detroit, Chicago. Chicago. Indiana? A little bit of Memphis and a little bit of Indianapolis. And really, it, it propelled K-John uh, on the ocean's career. Like, so, like, it'll be points in time in especially any cabaret you go to in Detroit. So that's something else that is part of big part of Detroit culture for people watching. And I really need to start interviewing some of these cabaret DJs or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, so it'll be a point in the night of... Uh, of a cabaret is basically a party where people mm-hmm. bring their own liquor and they're at tables and then they buy like these ice setups and they get cups and people dress up. You will see a lot of alligator shoes <laughs> Especially and, and things like that. So, and then, but it'll be a point in the night where it'll be maybe like an hour of all of these people hustle dance, like what other people may say, like line dancing. And, Probably fifty percent of the cabaret knows all these all steps. All of the moves, and all of the songs. Yes. they look at you like, "Are you black?" You gonna bump into somebody? It's just like, it's like, it's just oh, like back in the day. The but it's just like back in the day. Like if you didn't know how to play spades, I'm gonna just look <laughs> a secret. Maybe it's it, maybe it's the liquid. I don't know how to play. I didn't. I wasn't one of my sister, my brother, my grandma made sure they knew how to like play. We gonna spades. take your black card away from Uh-oh. you. Oh, let me like, tell what you, what is wrong? This get, person doesn't know how to play spades. Bye. See you. Get off the table. Exactly. I, I couldn't. I can't. I still to this day. I'm oh. like, you know what? Oh. That was never my ministry. So but, I'm a just. Uh, I know how to she, save y'all life. I know how to uh, like, teach oh. y'all to exercise. But I don't know. But how she to cutting clubs. <laughs> <laughs> the classic Roddy Jordan joke. Uh, I feel like a failure. I couldn't even answer your hustle <laughs> question. I couldn't. I can't remember the song, but I know uh, quite a few uh, hustles. And now they have new music out. They have hustle classes. Yeah, it's like it's like a whole industry. <laughs> like for people that don't know, it's a whole industry. Connected with the like, they travel from city to city and battle other people that hustle. Like, it's a world in Detroit of people that hustle. Yeah. So like, not hustle like well, it's definitely street hustle. Oh, yes. But hustle. hustle like like the dance yes. hustle. Yeah. So like, I mean, the classic one is the electric slide. Yeah. So you know, and as we know, my eyes don't cry no more from Stevie Wonder, mm. which is probably one of Old not school. necessarily a, a, a it's one of uh, Stevie Wonder's biggest hits in Detroit. Yes, that is not a hit like anywhere else. I in the know country. that's crazy. Cause like you know, people be like, you ain't gonna play that. Every family redo you. Every family reunion. Like you, everybody know that hustle. Like if you don't know that hustle, yeah. then so like any any DJ that's out there that's coming to Detroit and you're doing a gathering with like especially like all ages of Black folks. Yeah. You know how you think you can play "Before I Let Go" from Frankie Beverly and Maze, and we'll love it, and we yes. will love that. But if you play, dun, 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 you're gonna see mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. portion of mm-hmm. like probably seventy percent of the people we that were the in floor. that crowd. We're running to, and the they're floor. gonna start doing the electric slide, and you're gonna be like, "Man, I just didn't even know." <laughs> go down with it. This was uh, the anthem. It, this was the anthem. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I love 
love Detroit. See, you asked me at the beginning of why you why did you choose Detroit? It's because like of some this. Detroit stuff that's just like that is just embedded and ingrained doing? in you. It's just yeah. in your blood. Yeah, and it just seems normal. And then you go to another place like Houston, and you be like, and you don't see it, <laughs> right? And you be like, ain't this normal? And it's like, no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> I got a homeboy. Here go another classical. I got a homeboy that's from uh, Nashville. That's like, what is up with black people in Detroit and mm-hmm. corned beef? I was like, I don't even know, man. One but it's things. something. It is something. It's one of those things. But thank you so much. Please You're let people welcome. know your IG again, and we gonna follow. We gonna look forward to what's coming up uh, this weekend. Okay, guys. So again, my sunflow. Oh, so my IG is sunflow wellness. Um, you can find that on Instagram, and you can find that on uh, Facebook. And then my other social media account is Moms on the Go, M-O-M-Z on the Go. Or you can just uh, search for Imari Alaji. Uh, you can visit my website, sunflowwellness.com, and just find out some of the things that I have going on and coming up. Uh, the Like I said, I have two yoga classes every week for everybody. Um, every, well, two, two times a week for everybody. It's open to everybody. Mm. So I don't want people to get that confused. So Namaste is an event that I have once a month for just women. Um, but my regular yoga classes every Wednesday from 6 to 7 and every Sunday from 12 to 1. And at the Sunday ones, we have mimosas because it's Sunday. And it's like, you can, you got to, like, look out for the people. So mm-hmm. typically our, on our Sunday yoga classes, we'll drink our mimosas, we'll have our flow. And then a couple of us from class will just go to brunch. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people have been taking pride and showing me, like, brunch areas in the downtown area and, like, in the city. So I've been enjoying that. Like, I've been to brunch every Sunday almost for, like, the past three months like seriously um so again that's sunflow well uh at sunflow wellness and then the other one is at moms on the go or sunflow www.sunflowwellness.com or just look up imari alaji namaste is an all-women's event that's happening march 25th from 6 to 8 at the elevator building all of that information is on my page. I post it on my stories daily. You can find it on my website. You can find the flyer. I think, Kari, you have a flyer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hopefully, he'll post it on his page so you can find out or maybe some type of link. Um, and that's it. It was such a pleasure, Kari. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. This was fun. This was fun. All right. Peace be. Peace. Detroit is Different is where you get information, <laughs> artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today.